0: Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, gnu Linux operating system via the mechanism. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on. Which is Hello friends and neighbors. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Buslinger Cares podcast. Episode 182, uh being recorded for you on this Saturday, uh 21st of April, uh 20 uh yeah, 21st of April 2018 at um 14:40. P.M. Pacific Coast time. Left coast, the coast of the most, making it for our sequel friends 2018-04-21. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, uh, running things smoothly. Oh, shit. You're fired, Ivor. You're fired. That's it. He's fired. He's shit-canned. Hit the bricks, fuckface. Yes. He's holding up the whiskey sign, though in one last futile effort to remain... to retain control... over this death ship. Yes, whiskey does sound like a good idea right now. Yes, let's have some. Mmm. 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 As is so often the case with this podcast, uh, best laid plans of mice, men, women, ladies pseudo-idealized uh, representations of 16th century Flemish merchants, spacemen, and uh, aliens. Uh, all of those best laid plans frequently go to waste. We had all of these ideas for the show this week. Um, we were supposed to be cover- covering Ruiner, which is now a bona fide Linux game. We should probably qualify this as saying that these are our top stories but we're clearing the decks today anyway Ruiner is now a bona fide Linux game and out of beta you can buy it on Steam it is fantastic it includes speed running um which is what we've been live streaming a lot uh this past week um it's a great way to pick up and play the game even if you've already beaten it um and the game really shines on Linux it it does it's it's much better running it natively than uh uh, running it uh, via Steam through a Wine prefix, even if you set it up through Play on Linux, it it's much prettier. It is a much better experience, and uh, it's a it's a it's not the world's greatest game, but it does satisfy a particular niche in my personal demented psychological uh, needs that I require from video games. Um, And it is a very, 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 very good game. It's not the greatest game in the world, and the f- farther in you go in the game, um... Maybe really all up until the last level, the very last level, is where you start to see kind of some flaws in the game's design, but apart from that... It is a fairly unique game. Extraordinarily violent. Um, very funny. Good story campaign. Um, but the speedrunning is really what it's most fun. You know, blah. You get stoned. If you're in Vegas like me, where weed is legal, come to Vegas. Weed's legal here. Um, recreational weed is completely legal. Um, you get drunk and stoned. and want to erase your day uh, before you pass out. Um, you can't do any better than Ruiner. It's got this really cool... Anyway, we're not here to talk about Ruiner, though. No, we're here to talk... My friends and neighbors, we are clearing the decks today. I'm getting really close to the microphone so that they can know how close I am to them while I watch them sleep. They're so cute when they sleep. Ever want to creep someone out really badly, a stranger that you don't know? Just tell them, you know you are so adorable when you're asleep <laughs> um, I'm wearing your underwear right now mm, it's not called stalking, it's called love it's called love and this week we have nothing nothing but abject love slavish, adoration, adorative that's not even a word, but it's now a ne- neologism Love, love, oh yeah, baby, Barry White, oh yeah, we have love for Feral Interactive, oh yeah, baby, you really pump my nads, oh my goodness. Feral Interactive, this week, released their Linux port of... (laughs) of Tome Raider Rise of the Tome Raider the sequel to the 2013 reboot which they also masterfully ported if you've been listening to this show at all over um, you know the intervening what year year and a half two years something like that since that port came out you know how much I the abject adoration that I have for 2013 Tomb Raider um, reboot. This is the sequel. We have. Hmm. Now, before we continue, I need to instruct you about what you need to do because, in case of emergency, you're supposed to know what to do. Well, here's what you need to do you need to open up your Steam client on your Linux box. Or on your phone, or inside of your ass, inside of a monkey's ass, inside of all of the above's asses, inside of a whale. Get that Wi Fi extender out, baby. You need to go to Steam. You need to go to the Steam store right now and buy Rise of the Tome Raider. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomato, Tomato. Oh my God. We've only logged 15 hours in the game, but we've only been playing it since yesterday. Um, Yesterday, we saw one 11 hour long session. We played one 11 hour long session of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Now, why is this important that you do this now? In long history of time and things in which this is one which should be done at the present moment. That was the worst Winston Churchill I've ever done. That was the worst Churchill impression I've ever done in my entire life. Forget about being recorded or anything. Jesus, that was terrible. The reason why you need to do this now is that for the next 43 hours, 12 minutes, and 25 seconds as we record this, Rise of the Tome Raider, the 20 year celebration, which confused the fuck out of me, we'll get to that in a moment, is 67% off. Instead of $59.99, it's $19.79. But, it gets better. It also includes the season pass for Tome Raider, Rise of the Tome Raider. So, so, That's 10 bucks right there. This is a fantastic... fan... bloody... fucking... fantastic... fucking deal. I need you to jump on it with both feet. I need you to jump on it with both feet... screaming until it screams... and then you're screaming and it's screaming... And then I'll be screaming too, and and uh, then I mean we'll be so happy. We will all be so happy. Trust me. It's for real. It's legit. It's la what? It's la who? It's la how? Johnny's going legit? Yes. Rise of the tome raider has come to Linux. So <sighs> <clears throat> It is... Mm, this rev, th- this is not a review because we've not played 20 hours of the game. We have not finished the game yet. This is why we're clearing the decks, though. We're clearing the decks. There's no more show other than Tome Raider. Rise of the Tome Raider. Not today. Today is all about Rise of the Tome Raider. So, what do you get? Well... If there was a criticism that I could make, can you hear that? Yeah, you can hear that, can't you? That's not me spanking it. That's me rolling a lighter in between my hands. <laughs> I just realized how fucking disturbing that might have sounded. <laughs> and no, I'm not high. I'm not even drunk. I'm. <laughs> Feral. Feral, I love you. <laughs> okay. Back to... <laughs> oh, you see, it's a mature show here for mature gamers. <laughs> this is, a, this is a serious shit. So, if they... <laughs> now I have to giggle. Oh, God. Hmm. Well, let me... <laughs> Okay, if there was one complaint that I had about the 2013 uh, Tome Raider, which Feral Interactive also ported. I put the lighter down, by the way. So no more hilarity. This is serious shit. It was that while the game is very satisfying, th- this, is not the, this is not Rise of the Tomb Raider. We're talking about the previous game. While the game is very satisfying in every way and is absolutely in my top 10 best adventure games of all time. Ever. And I go back a long time because I'm fucking older than Dirt. Um, Tomb Raider, the 2013 uh, game offered a very satisfying campaign. It was good in length, but... It's only until about halfway through the game that you start to get to do a lot of the um, stuff that the game has trained you to learn how to do. This review is going... This is not a review. This feature will be spoiler-free, I promise. I'm not going to tell you anything. Well, that's a lie. I'm going to tell you one thing that happens at the beginning of the game. No, I'm not going to tell you anything. We're going to keep it clean and we're going to keep this short. We're going to keep it about 30 minutes. The point is, after, in the in the previous game, when, once you got the hang of all the tools, techniques, approaches, strategies, and tactics and stuff, especially the tactical aspect of it, um, and are embroiled in these profound, long stealth conflicts with the opposition. There's not a lot of game left that actually lets you use those tactics, those approaches, and say nothing of the weapons and stuff. I mean, there's just enough to make it (coughs) incredibly satisfying. However, if you, like myself, kept found yourself replaying the game again and again because you just wanted more which is a great, always leave them wanting more by the way which is a maxim that many people in the video game development uh, sphere have taken a little bit too much to heart over the last 15 years It's not a short campaign. The 2013 game is not a short campaign at all by any means. It's about 20 20 plus hours, 25 hours, something like that. Rise of the Tome Raider starts basically at that level of sophistication. It starts literally in terms of um graphic in terms of every way graphically um weapons wise uh it's just like an amplification of everything that you loved from 2013 but bigger much more of it lots more of it lots and lots more of it for instance let me um I'm trying really hard not to tell you anything. Next week I will tell you Oh shit, next week we will be at Linux Fest Northwest. And we will we will be recording a show at Linux Fest Northwest. Um and that that'll be perfect. That'll give me perfect op- uh, perfect opportunity to spoil it for those who have not availed themselves of this excellent opportunity to have this $60 game that will be just, from start so far through first 15 hours, start to now, the present moment is holy fuck, it is like an adrenaline-fueled psychotic fucking um magnification of everything that made the previous game so great and it starts at 11 but how much of this awaits you is my question well i i can't offer that many rubrics because i refuse to read anyone else's reviews or look at anyone's videos we've been live streaming it um through today since yesterday but my current stats for 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 rise of the tomb raider I played 15 hours I've unlocked 13, in terms of my achievements I've unlocked 13 of 143 which is 9% I've been slow rolling the story missions been doing lots of exploring lots of uh, raiding of the tombs and the tomes that's both books and dead people and vice versa. Here, let's go back to the the fapping. Feral, I love you so much. I love you so much. Oh God, why don't you love me? Oh, 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 I love you. Oh my God, this is probably the most disturbing thing that's ever been on this show. And after three and a half years, we've had a lot of disturbing shit on this show. This game is big. This game is fucking enormous beyond that so we got 10 more minutes so so let's just talk about the game itself first let's start with a con let's start with a with, you know, pro con pro con final verdict but we're not going to do that whole fucking thing because you just need to buy this game this game if you like adventure games do you, how do you feel about adventure friend and fellow listener do you like adventure I mean big adventure we are talking unimaginable adventure. Remember Prince of Persia? The original Prince of Persia? Do you remember Prince of Persia 2? Do you remember Prince of Persia Sands of Time? Warrior Within? And, uh... What was the third one? It was the second one that was my favorite. The one with the Because that was fantastic. Well, the second Prince of Persia reboot is for my money the best adventure game ever made for one simple reason and this is in my book and is there's a huge essay about this in the digital version of the book that is still coming out and I've been actively working on it um blue wizard is about to die by the way yeah let's stick around listen to the credits she'll the credit lady will tell you all about it it's one simple thing it's called swashbuckling What does swashbuckling mean? Swashbuckling means careening headfirst into situations and scenarios, whether statically scripted or dynamic, or highly dynamic, in which the actual nature of the geography impinges not on your forward progress, but impinges on your tactical um, approach to everything. So, let's say it's, you know, we have to kill a lot of enemies, or let's say we have to dodge a lot of spikes, or figure out a way to get around this thing, and blah. Swashbuckling is the process of dynamically solving those types of problems in real time, and being able to do it successfully, and with great panache, and oh, just that perfect magic special sauce of swashbuckling itself. Meaning... I can wall run, or I can do this, or I can descend from great heights and and crush people. Another game that had a humongous element of swashbuckling that was tremendously excellent, um, not available for Linux though, um, sadly, was uh, uh, Batman Arkham City. Not Arkham City. uh, The second Batman game of the reboots. Anyway, point is, provides you with the tools, skill sets, and animations and opposition and the geography itself to put yourself in outrageous impossible scenarios to the point where they become not just ordinary where the extraordinary becomes not just ordinary but almost becomes pro forma like this, like riding a bike such that eventually you fall so far in love with your 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 character's abilities and are so involved in what the character is doing that it takes it takes time for you to actually stop and just marvel at what the fuck it is you just did. So for those of you who haven't, I'm not going to ruin anything from 2013 and I'm not going to ruin anything from Rise of the Tomb Raider. We're using maximum self-control right now. Can't you tell? Like, we haven't really clipped on this microphone in like five minutes now. That's amazing. Normally, I'm just at full, full throated, fucking outrageous yelling. I am controlling myself. For instance, in Terminator the 2013 game, I'm not going to tell you anything about the story, not going to tell you, but I will tell you the situation. You're in the wreckage of a ship that is turned upside down and has been welded across a valley more or less um, and in which it, and it's spliced with other ships as well. This is 500 feet above the valley floor and you are fighting all these guys and stuff in this ship that is turned sideways and welds break and the ship goes from being sideways to being completely upside down, or vice versa, I can't remember, it rotates on one axis because it, and this is a big ship so now you're fighting vertically up the front of a ship 500 feet above the valley floor that is swashbuckling as you desperately scramble for anything resembling a handhold, a foothold anything to get away, or the next kill, or how to get this guy, and snipers are shooting at you, and you're on fire, and things are exploding everywhere, like, I got this. I fucking got this. That is swashbuckling. Well, the great genius of the 2013 game was that, and if you go back and listen to any, I haven't gone back and listened to them, but I'm I know my feelings, and I only say what the truth is. At least to me, the truth is the truth. My critical evaluation of the twenty thirteen game. Uh, man, can you tell how calm I'm getting? I'm getting preternatural. I don't think I've ever been this calm on this podcast. The great genius of the twenty thirteen game was that it told a story and gave us a hero. Redeemed a hero for me in my case because I hated every Tomb Raider game after Tomb Raider Two, and I didn't even really like Tom Raider Two that much because too many puzzles, too difficult, and stupid, and pedantic, and irritating. The great genius of the 2013 reboot was that it gave us a hero transcends gender, although the fact that she is a just a chick. In 2013, in the 2013 game, who doesn't know her own capabilities, just as none of us know our own capabilities at the start and has to face these, a, a survival situation of increasing escaladio. Um, in terms of like the, 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 the mortal implications of what she's facing. And you feel the same way she does. I can't do this. She never says that. But you think that. And you know that she's thinking that. And you do it because you have no other choice. And along the way, incrementally, you find yourself becoming more and more capable. Discover that you're a Croft baby. Which is very much akin to every... You know, I used to... I don't want to get too into, into the weeds with this, but that was my favorite thing. It was a hero, yes, a fan. I mean, literally, if I had a daughter, she would be playing Tom Raider 2013 as soon as she could hold a controller. And yes, I'm up, I would be a bad parent because it's an incredibly violent game and a disturbing game and a scary game, and she'd probably grow up hating me. But such is such is life, such is parenting, such as education. But I would want her to no you too can be like this but the greatest thing was for me was that he was a hero who didn't matter what sex you were you identified with this chick as she progressed and who was doing something that, that was morally right that she knew she had to do and that was morally right even in the face of impossible everything so in let's let's fine we'll go another 10 minutes i'm sorry yeah but i, I have to say this in Uh, I can't remember if it's Edgar or Edward but I think it's Edward. Edward Leslie's book, uh, Desperate Journeys, Abandoned Souls, history of uh, shipwrecks uh, people who've been marooned castaways um, and other people who survived disastrous survival situations including not the Shackleton expedition to the North Pole but, uh, oh fuck, what was the name of it? I've read this book about 15 times. It took him 20 years to write it. It is, it's, it's a mind blowing history of survival situations, of people in extreme survival situations from the dawn of the Age of Sail, all of which, all of these are fastidiously documented. Is that the right word? Impeccably documented. He spent 20 years researching them. They're all real. All the, de- it's like, it's the facts and the, the reportage of them are not a fictionalized history. They are the facts, including all of their myriad ambiguities. It starts from the age of sale and goes through every fucking possible combination of horror that you can possibly imagine through to the present day. Actually, it ends with, uh, sometime in the 1980s. There's one unifying characteristic, as he says in the introduction to the book. Of all people, that separates all people who survive in a survival situation. We're talking about plane crash. We're talking... Um, being stuck on a raft in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, any sort of, you know, during a war, not during a war, blah, being marooned, being cast away, being shipwrecked. There, there's one unifying characteristic of the people who survived. thank you, whiskey, yes and this is true in fact the United States um, Army uh, fuel, uh, survival manual S-U-R-V-I-A-O <laughs> I highly recommend everyone pick up a copy of it adopts this the number one thing that determines, it's not belief in God it's not avail- ready availability of water it is not food or other resources although these these things help It is not the availability of equipment. It is not intelligence. It is not the relying on your fellow man. Although all of those things help. It is not being quick-witted. It is not being physically fit. It is not being geographically uh, uh, fortuitous in the location of your desperate survival situation. The one determining factor. That unites all. Now you know all of those things help. If you if you're in the desert, I mean, there there you know if you're in the desert and no one knows you're there, and you have no water, your odds are very bad. The one determining, unifying determining factor as to whether or not you will live or die, and this gets gruesome, is your will to survive there's a story in, in Edward Leslie's book of a young fiancé, I, well I won't go into too much detail, but young fiancé on what should be a fucking 14 hour 20 hour boat ride um, in the 1800s, I think it was in the 1800s uh, between you know London or someplace to like eh someplace marginal, like Scotland. Not far. Scotland, wait a minute, what am I saying? Anyway, she she's there with, she's on this boat with her fiancé, and it's a barge. And, you know, like, maybe uh, 50 other passengers. It's supposed to be a commuter trip. And it's a barge, though, so it will not sink. They lose control of the ship. They lose, I can't remember if it was a, yeah, it had to have been a sailing ship. They, they launch, they, they, they They lost control in a storm of their sails. They could not repair them. And every passing ship that saw them, that they hailed, this went on for weeks and weeks. They're in a fucking well-traveled, more or less, as they drift on a death ship, well-traveled corridor. But they're a barge. They carry wood. It's very hard for a barge to sink. It's very difficult. Anyway, this young lady who is uh, 17 or or I think she was 19 at the time. Eventually, because this goes on for weeks and they run out of food. And then they start eating the dead which is exactly how it's done. And when her young fiancé finally succumbs she eats his brains. The will to survive. So what do we get in Rise of the Tome Raider? Hmm. We get epic adventure. Epic. Epic. Adventure. It, it's the plot itself is lifted basically directly from Indiana Jones and I have no problem with that. That's fine. It is fantastic. If you're going to steal, steal from the best. What do we get? We get a swashbuckling survival, blood and thunder epic. That from the minute you boot up the game, you will be screaming. Oh my god. This is so fucking awesome. It starts at the same level at which the 2013 game, level of intensity, of excitement, of um horrendous we are all going to die. <laughs> it starts at that level. And it gets progressively more intense it mixes in from the early but the best part is after the first maybe two hours you are basically combat wise at the stealth survival level of you know the latter third of the 2013 game and that's when the big thing happens. And the big thing, you'll see it. You'll know it. I'll talk all about the big thing next week. I will. Because by that point you will have no excuse. If you listen to this podcast you will have no excuse to have not bought this game right fucking now. Today fucking now. At $19.99 says it's 67% off. It is <clears throat> unbelievably good. So in our remaining three minutes let me um, just point out a few things that are not super awesome about Rise of the Tomb Raider. And there's, I mean, this, this, this you want to talk about nitpicking? Oh boy, this is like this is like ah, uh, you know, yeah, Mona Lisa is great and all, and I've seen the Mona Lisa. It's not that great in person, but you know, oh, the Mona Lisa is a composition. It's great and all, but. You know, at which point, any fucking sane art critic, or any, even even just normal human being, would be really trying hard to not punch you in the face. <laughs> but you know what, in all honesty, that's how I felt about the Sistine Chapel when I finally saw it. Um, <laughs> so you guys, the so whole world owes me a punch in the face now. I was very lucky to see those things. But, let's talk about nitpicking. My biggest complaint about so far about Rise of the Tomb Raider is that Laura Croft in this game looks younger than she does in the 2013 game. Like facially, she looks like a little fucking girl. This gets really weird, especially considering that we had all the jerk-off jokes earlier with Farrell. I love you, Farrell. Um I mean, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a deviated prevert in my, you know, blah, but whatever, that's you know, but I'm not a fucking child monster. <laughs> I'm not a monster. But here's the weird thing: she looks younger in this game, but her body looks older and more. I mean, she's smoking hot, is what I'm trying to say. She's like a smoking hot twelve year old, and it it makes me really uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm not they don't explicitly say how old she's supposed to be, so it's like which, here's where it gets even weirder, which makes it even more delicious every time I get her to be covered in blood, or she's you know, being chewed on by something horrible, or she's breaking all of her limbs or something, because it feels I don't know, I I have psychological problems with with this aspect of the game, it's very very weird, makes me feel like a skeevy pervert every time I play the game I don't care, she's got a great ass, she's got a great ass and your head's all the way up it that was a heat reference by the way um, Al Pacino. Oh, shit. Fuck. Right. Ivor, you know, Ivor cannot keep that up. Can you tell how fucking controlled, hysterically delighted, deliriously delighted with this game I am? So that's thing one. Thing two is that I don't know why they call it Rise of the Tomb Raider 20 anniversary edition. Because, now here's the thing, and this confused me. Fine, we'll go another 10 minutes. Fine, we'll go full hour. Fuck it. This is worth it. This is absolutely worth it. Which is why you should go buy the game. Immediately. Because it's going to be 60 bucks, And then you'll have to buy the season pass, too, I think. So it'll be $70. Right now you can get it for 20 bucks. Even if you don't have a computer to play it, buy the license now. Just do it. Trust me. So they call it Rise of the Tomb Raider... Uh, 20th, let me go back to the store page. See, I'm, I'm, I'm Zen. No one's ever heard me this calm on this podcast. Rise of the Tomb Raider, 20 year celebration. So there are things in this game because it's so much bigger and so much there's, um, it is not as heavily scripted. As the 2013 game is. This game basically gives you hunting grounds with stories and side missions that you can choose to accomplish or not. Kind of in the same way that the 2013 game had optional tombs to explore, to find and explore. Um, This game takes that and expands it into almost a sandbox-esque world. In fact, it is a very much a sandbox-esque world certain scripted sequences or, you know, not scripted well, not strictly scripted, but certain story missions will advance the plot but you can always go back predominantly to previous story stuff, and this is just in the main campaign we're not even talking about all the other game modes that are available so because of that Yesterday, I experienced profound confusion at several points because yesterday was 4.20 and I did get very stoned eventually, which is why we didn't stream the last uh, five or six hours of but all the stuff that we did stream yesterday is still there on our Twitch, uh, under videos. Anyway, this started to get me very confused because this lack of scripting Lack of strict strict scripting um, that was so prevalent and made it so good. The 2013 game inspired the, the strict scripting. Um, more or less very linear gameplay which is one of the endearing qualities of it because it, it introduced you to uh, a uniquely simplified um, logical, rational approach to not just the swashbuckling elements, but like the, the puzzle solving elements, like, and not just puzzle solving, cause this was no longer, this, this 2013 left the era of, Tomb Raider being about moving granite blocks that no human being could ever move into fucking insane combinations that made no fucking sense and served no purpose to any civilization, ancient or otherwise. It removed all that bullshit. Removed all of that obfuscatory fucking just, oh, padding out the playtime torture with stuff that made sense. Logical things that made sense and were not too difficult because I hate puzzle games. A game is like a poem. Poems should not be a puzzle that you need to figure out. They should be a thing that, it, that you experience that takes you deeper into the world of the poem. And that was one of the things that the 2013 uh, Tomb Raider did so well and saved a franchise that I hated from being a franchise that I hated and redeemed a character who I had loathed for decades so in this new game rise of the tome raider it feels like because of the expanded sandbox aspect of the gameplay it feels like um there's in some places not necessarily graphically or visually but especially like um in the uh, in in the character animations in terms of navigating around the world because there's so much more world to navigate through and in so many various different combinations using basically the same formula if you're at all familiar with the last game you will be right at home with this game and if you're not don't worry the first 5 minutes will be a hell of an orientation, but you will be oriented. Um, I promise. It's it's fantastic. I mean I could give this game to my mom if I didn't think we would both die of heart attacks. Uh, <laughs> for real. Wow, well, it's amazing. Um it teaches you its rules, blah blah. blah. But it, there there are some um there's some animations and some uh, navigation moves that, uh, don't look quite as perfectly fluid. This is very rare. I would say this is about mm, maybe 10% of your actions, um, in, in this, in this very much sandboxed rise of the Tomb Raider re-envisioning of the universe that don't look exactly as perfectly fluid as they did in the previous iterations. Now, final thoughts. I mean, that's super nitpicking. I mean, that's just like, it's beyond cruel. That's like, that's like saying, um, oh, we just gave you the Louvre and um, and you like it, but you want more art. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to the Louvre. Mm, I've been to the Louvre twice. Um, Anyway, (laughs) can you tell the self-control If you've never heard me before... Know that when I get this excited, I get this controlled. When I get angry, I get this controlled. This is a fantastic game. So finally, there are other game modes that I have not explored... Oh, and by the way, the entire game reeks of polish, and the environments are breathtaking. From the... I mean... Ev- whoa! It is... Every second of this game is what we used to call in uh, Broadway-speak and uh, um, movie-making speak, speak a Busby Berkeley production number. I mean, every second of this game is like look, all... They pull out all the stops every second and a lot of it in fact very much of it depending on you know your appetite and you will develop a profound appetite um, for it is completely unscripted the cutscenes are fantastic the story is compelling derivative of Indiana Jones but very compelling sorry my allergies are acting (laughs) up excuse me (coughs) sorry oh boy sorry about that Um, the other game modes though well first of all let's talk just about like in my little campaign mode universe that I'm, I'm, I'm still in one of the coolest things is that it shows you area by area map area by map area when you're looking at your map It shows you in a little discreet little box in the middle of the map display, in the bottom left of the map display, um, where you fit along a leaderboard of your friends who also play the game for that area. And it scrolls, it cycles through all of the areas that you've played through in the game so far. Um, so that's like automatically like you have a leaderboard where you can chase your friends that are really your friends who play the game and it doesn't reveal any spoilers and it is area specific that's fantastic the ability to return to any area generally speaking unless you're in the midst of a very significant story moment, um, you can't fast travel from those, but afterwards you will be able to fast travel from them and to back to them, and they will not occur the same way, they won't be there Sometimes there will be guards there. Sometimes there won't be guards there. Uh, But you're not going to have the same story moment because the story's already happened. It's great for continuity. The other game modes allow you to replay certain aspects of the game that you can't get back to. Um, in the main campaign. And allow you to play them on harder difficulty levels, where you get bonus experience points, all sorts of fucking value-added shit. Because this was my—if you had—if you had one complaint that you had to make, if you had to make a big complaint about the 2013 reboot of Tomb Raider. It would be that for as awesome a game as it was, and while it was so deeply satisfying and very challenging, and just tremendous amounts of fun, you didn't get to really. Play as much of it as you wanted. This is as much of it as you wanted. I will see you next week. Notice the fucking profound calm. Bone chillingly calm. Where I'll tell you about the big thing. Now, until then, between then and now, go by the game. Go by Rise of the Tome Raider. I love you. Oh, 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 super disgusting. We are never ever doing that again. Cheers. Check us out on Twitch. Our Twitch channel is twitch.tv/skookiesprite. Uh, S K O O K I E S P R I T E. Buy this game while it's still sixty-seven percent off. I will uh, see you next week at Linux Fest Northwest. Hopefully, you're coming out. Um, It's the most fun ever, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, You want to be surrounded by a thousand Linux geeks who are unpretentious, happy to be there in the glorious Pacific Northwest? Yeah, come on out to Bellingham. It's free. And remember, you're a croft, baby. Cheers, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Four or five times A good idea. Four or five times Hi there. There is delight in doing things right Four or five times It is I, E.B. Farmer. Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you. We like to see. it only runs on Linux. We like to go, the the four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one, you're becoming hysterical. Bebop two, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three, the yaddy yaddy, four or five times. Met Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Is fucking ponderous man ponderous fucking ponderous it only runs on linux it's not a problem you alienated part of america i alienated crazy people i like it very much it is i Ev farm you're becoming hysterical i'm here i'm there i'm fucking everywhere i'm the egg man